Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Lori Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. Thomas, I'm really excited to have you today on Love on the Go. And um, you are, how? remind us what your age is. Uh, I am 49 years old. You're 49. Okay. And you're a senior data engineer for a marketing and ad agency. Yes. Yes. I just started that job uh, last year. New field, uh, new field. I've been in data engineer and uh, data director for a while, but this is a, a new realm for me. So it's kind of exciting. Oh, love it. And um, are you previously uh, married? Do you have kids? Uh, I've actually been, I've actually been married three times. I have okay. uh, Learn my lessons from each one of those and uh, have no regrets because each one has made me a better person. Okay. Uh, have a 12 year old son. That, uh, I have three to four days a week uh, and very happy to be his father. So very proud to be his dad. Wonderful. And he's also a member of my singles in the Carolinas group on Facebook. And you've been on there from pretty much from the beginning, haven't you? Uh, yeah. I was part of the uh, meetup group uh, uh, before it moved into the. Uh, onto the Facebook universe once uh, COVID uh, happened. Yes. So I yep. really just jumped on over and became part of that group as well. Yeah. So for all of you out there that don't know about my singles in the Carolinas group, it's a great Facebook group. I'm pretty picky about who I bring in. So I want it to be a very safe community and it's really an opportunity for people to network, communicate. There's definitely some dating that's going on uh, behind the scenes. And people have told me about some successful relationships and whatnot, but really it's a community and it's very dynamic and, and kind of fascinating. And when the lockdown occurred, I launched it and it was phenomenal. There were like news stories about it and everything. So it's really neat and just a nice way to communicate. And now I'm definitely drawing from those folks for my singles events and whatnot. So it's definitely worth joining that group as well as filling out a profile on carolinasmatchmaker.com so that you can be invited to my events and learn more. So Thomas, I know you're, you're in a relationship right now, but I think that what I'd love to talk to you about is I know that you and I had a coaching session a few months back and you sent me an email and told me how meaningful it was and what you got out of it. Can we, let's talk about that, that session that you had with me. Uh, yeah, basically uh, back in September of last year, I was using, using the dating sites, meeting people. And, and as a whole, I think dating sites are a wonderful tool, but tools are tools. If uh, you want to know how to use them the, the right way and I wasn't meeting the kind of people I wanted to meet uh, for the most part. I mean, I did meet some good people off of the dating sites and sometimes it just didn't work out for one way or another. But uh, in one particular instance, I uh, met somebody and after, uh, you know, 15 days after meeting her, I noticed she wasn't for me and she uh, kind of went off the little deep end with me. And it's not my first experience having something like this happen. So I've kind of questioned, you know, what is it about what, why is it that I'm choosing people like this? Mm. So I wanted to try to get an understanding of 
some of the blind spots I had so I could make better decisions with dating and also just decide to get off the dating dating sites in general for, uh, for the moment too, because uh, like I was uh, referring to with the tool reference, you use a screwdriver and use a screwdriver properly to screw in a screw. It's a wonderful tool. If you mm -hmm. use the screwdriver to stick it into a light plug, it's not so wonderful anymore and it's not so <laughs> wonderful for you. So I kind of needed to hit a reset and reevaluate some of the choices I was making and, mm -hmm. uh, who, and, and some of the people I was choosing to approach and everything. So um, since you knew a little bit about my background, Lori, I decided to uh, reach out to you. I mean, some people know you as the uh, matchmaker, but you're also you also have an MSW as well. So mm -hmm. you kind of uh, so you understand uh, um, the other side of that too, as far as why somebody's making a, a decisions they do, and you're an expert in the field. So I figured you would be the absolute best person to reach out to to help give me pointer, pointers to help me find some of those blind spots. And yes, it absolutely helped me. Yeah. And I remember that, that session. Well, we did it over zoom, which is how I conduct these. And I have, um, a two part, uh, coaching program that I do now, which you can find on my website at the bottom where it says meet with Lori. And it's a very comprehensive overview of what's been going on in your life. What are you doing with online dating? I'll do a deep dive, um, with, any and all of it. Sometimes I'll jump online with people and see what they're doing with their, with their sites online. And other times people just are like, listen, I'm not online right now, but I really want to talk to you about what's going on in my life. Let's evaluate the relationships and what I should be looking for now. And that's mm -hmm. what you and I did is we did that evaluation and you shared with me some important things about how you were kind of jumping in to relationships a little too quickly. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes things just uh, uh, moved a little quickly with uh, with some people. Uh, sometimes it ended up getting physical way too fast, and that's mm -hmm. something that I've uh, I've learned. As Lori mentioned earlier, I'm dating somebody now, and one of the first things I said is like, "This isn't uh, you know." That's one thing that I'm not looking to do right away because mm -hmm. sometimes you need to take the time. Uh, to develop that, uh, to develop a, a relationship with somebody first before you uh, get intimate with them. So mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. something that's uh, became very important to me is that I wasn't going to just jump, uh, jump at the first chance I got once somebody showed interest in me and all that stuff. Uh, right. And you know, just to jump in for a second, Thomas, I think a lot of times people think, oh, well, I've been married before you know, I've had sex before. What's the big deal? Just might mm -hmm. as well go ahead and do that early on in a relationship. So two issues come up. Number one, people get attached too quickly to the physical piece, but stop communicating emotionally. You only right. have like one time in your life with somebody to really get to know them inside and out without that physical piece. And that's at the beginning. So I'm a huge proponent of let that part last, like make it sweet and savor that part before it becomes physical. Cause then it's on a different level with a lot of other pieces to it that are awesome. And it's hard to, it's hard to detract from that when you're really looking for substance. Does that make sense? And so yes. what that's, so I do think that people do jump into that too quickly later. It's not like, you know, the first time for people. So they're like, well, I've been there, done that. So anyway, point being, we we discussed waiting and getting to know someone really well before jumping to that next physical piece. And it sounds like it worked for the relationship you're in right now. Um, and you could see why that physical piece didn't 
work out with other people in the past. They got too attached when you weren't really as attached as they Mm -hmm. were potentially. I think that women on the most part think, okay, well, if we're having a great time in bed and, you know, he's really into me that they're at a different level with the relationship than possibly they are. Men sometimes can compartmentalize that. And I'm doing a kind of a generalization, mm-hmm. but it is what I have heard from people. It, it doesn't, um, ascend your relationship if you're sleeping with them necessarily. Right. And, and with me, it's, it's, I mean, it's not something, uh, I'm, I'm not a, uh, casual type of person in general, because I mm-hmm. do at least want to, uh, to me, I, I kind of need to form some kind of connection, but the yes. problem is when it happens too fast, the connections artificial, you're uh, developing a connection on your idealized version of this person or your mm-hmm. idea of who this person is, instead of taking the time to get to know who this person really is, mm-hmm. so you connect on that type of level with them. Yeah. You're jumping into the middle of the relationship when you're still at the beginning. Right. Exactly. People do that with text messaging too, all the time. It's like Mm -hmm. they're in the middle. They, they start communicating as if they're deep into the relationship when they're still at the beginning and um, they need to keep it more on the surface and getting to know you stuff rather than what it feels like. Cause people want desperately to be, people don't necessarily want the beginnings. They want the middle, they want the juicy stuff. They want to you know, be able to hold hands walking through the farmer's market right. and cook your dinner and all that stuff. But like in the beginning, you still have to have those beginner dates and getting to know you dates before you're in the middle. Exactly. And if you're with the wrong, per- if you do that too quickly with the wrong person, you might miss when the right one comes along. So it is worth taking the time, time to do that, to develop that uh, friendship. To fun- I mean, sometimes relationships just run their course and, and that's that's perfectly fine when they do. But with that, you want to at least give it a give it a chance to develop naturally and not because you've missed some steps along the way or something or uh, when uh, went out of particular order or something to that effect. Yeah. So that was a really important thing to dig into in our conversations. What else do you think was valuable from our coaching sessions? Um, well, one, just uh, kind of going through uh, the type of people, uh, the type of people I was uh, uh, looking at and trying to date and stuff and the type of people that, uh, why I chose these type of uh uh, partners and stuff and uh, why I sometimes settled for partners and and things such as that was really helpful. Um, I uh, didn't have the best uh, examples of relationships growing up came from uh, came from a broken home and uh, all that and there was there was divorce in my family and all that so I didn't always have the best examples of healthy relationships growing mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. and um, I'm you know, Sometimes you've got to take the time to do the work to understand what parts of your past and what hurts you've had in your past and what failures you've had in your past uh, can help you uh, become a better person and improve yourself. And that's something that I really had to do is find uh, find out why I was making these choices. A lot of times I would uh, go for somebody just because they really showed a big interest in me. And it's like, well, it's great. They showed a, show a great interest in me, but how do I feel about them? And then um, mm-hmm. also you'd encourage me to ask other people I know, uh, 
you know, what their thoughts of was who are, who I'm about, who I'm dating and my choices. And so I've gotten some great feedback from some of my friends on that too. I know about learning about um, some of the things that they see in, uh, see in me and some of the mistakes that I've, I've made and, and everything. And it doesn't, and like I said, it doesn't mean everybody I've ever chosen was bad. I've dated some great people. Just sometimes we just wanted a couple of different things out of life or different values aligned, or mm-hmm. one person just lost interest in the other ones, or we were just at different points in our lives. Mm-hmm. So, um, but on the other hand, a lot of the ones I found myself drawn to were kind of a little more eccentric and uh, kind of uh, going in right, uh, going in a little too fast and all that. and Which can be exciting sometimes and enticing. And like you said earlier, sometimes you've gone for the people that are interested in you. I mean, that's kind of like a low hanging fruit, really easy thing to step into. And we've all, we've all been there, done that where it's like, okay, great. He likes me. She likes me. Might as well give it a shot. If they're halfway attractive and you like, you know, different things about them, maybe they're different from you, but then you get a little bit deeper and then you realize "Mm, they're not really who I would have chosen, which is kind of interesting because when people, when men hire me for matchmaking, Mm -hmm. I am able to select the women that I think would be great matches for them based Mm -hmm. on what they've told me. And they can sort of be a little bit more proactive about their search by getting in front of people that they wouldn't normally be getting in front of, or, you know, seeking out the women that are so inundated online dating that they don't even have a chance of getting in front of them. So I make that happen for my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that what you're saying about how your friends perceived your dates and your relationships is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, not always accurate because, you know, you never know. Sometimes right. people show up differently, right. When they're in just one-on-one, but it is good for a trusted friend to give an evaluation for sure. And that's why I think it's always great. Maybe the first four or five dates, just one-on-one with the person you're dating. But then after five dates where you think, okay, this could go somewhere, you would, you know, plan a night out with friends and just see how they mm-hmm. react in a social setting. Yes. Right. Yeah, and yes. sometimes people are nervous and they don't always show up and they'll whatever, but most of the time they can calm down, especially if they're with people that adore the friend, mm-hmm. you know, that they're with the person you're dating. And so you can kind of calm down your nervous system and just try to show up as yourself. Right. I think it's very important that at first that, you know, you don't have a first, first date or, you know, just the first few dates you know, as group dates or anything like that. It's one thing if you're out and about and run into somebody, you know, that's something different, but, but, you know, the first few dates, you want to take the time to get to know the person you're with. You don't want to uh, try to uh, put them, okay, put them in a situation where they're getting to know you, but now they're getting to know your friend and getting to know whoever. So, I mean, even if you do run into those friends at, friends when you're out it's you know nice to just say hi for like maybe two three minutes and then move on and and do your own thing with that person because it's going to make them feel more comfortable and that's very important especially as a male that's very that's very important because to make the females feel safe and to make Mm -hmm. her feel secure not just physically but you know Mm -hmm. just emotionally too because that's the way people is going to open up to you uh much quicker and, and feel better doing it Yeah, absolutely. Thomas, let's go back to the fact that you have been married three times. Okay. And it's interesting because there's two ways to look at that. 
Number one, people could say, wow, what a train wreck. He's been married three times. The other way to look at it is this. He has had three substantial relationships in his lifetime that lasted for a good period of his adult life, I'm assuming, and we can talk about that. And he is not afraid to commit to a relationship. And so if in the future, anybody asks, ever asks you, that's how you package it, if you will. Mm -hmm. Because I always say, sometimes it's hard to even get married once. But for people who really, they give it a, they give it a shot. It may not work out. They do the work around it. They find someone else. Sometimes there's like a middle relationship in there. I've noticed where they jumped the gun, they felt good. They went for it. And then they realized very quickly, it wasn't the right match and they, and they ended. And then they find themselves married for a longer period of time for the third mm-hmm. one. Tell us your little bit of that background for you. Well, my first, my first marriage, I was, uh, uh, really, uh, I was kind of young. Uh, all my friends were getting married, uh, where I grew up, it was, you know, somewhat the Bible Belt area too. So all my friends were married. It was kind of like the thing to do. And mm-hmm. on her part, uh, she had just got out of a, out of a marriage and uh, the first woman I married and she wasn't prepared, prepared to be married. And, okay. um, and so we actually uh, just kind of uh, fell into each other's laps and ended up together. Mm-hmm. And it, wasn't a good match for either neither one of us were in a good place at the time you know we both were very different people then Mm -hmm. and everything so we got married uh her family I wasn't the highest uh ranking person on her family's list she wasn't the highest ranking uh person on my family's list Uh, they just thought them they didn't nobody thought the other was just a bad person in general but Mm -hmm. just thought we were bad for each other and we were we were neither one of us were in a state to be together and and it's been nice. We after our uh, divorce, we actually didn't talk for 15 years, and she reached out to me as a New Year's resolution on Facebook. So we are actually friends now. So oh, and so, how long were you married to your first wife? Uh, we were uh, we were together for uh, about a year and a half. Okay, so sometimes people call that a starter marriage, a practice marriage. Yeah. Um, okay, so that ended that, and then second, how long and did then, it take you to get married to your second and, wife? And then a. Uh, Let's see, uh, it was five years later, I married uh, my second wife, who is my son's mother. We we were together a uh, t- uh, t- total of a little over uh, eight, probably eight and a half years. Okay. And so uh, the thing that she and I had in, in common, we both had our, tr- our childhood traumas in common. Um, mm. So that's, we sort of formed a trauma bond based on that. I mean, at the end of the day, we really didn't have a lot else in common. We just kind of had different things we wanted out of life. But I mean, she's, I have don't have bad things to say about her at all. She's a great mother and we co-parent very well together. We're just different people and we live very different lifestyles. So trauma bonds. There's some people listening that may not have ever even heard that before I have. Mm-hmm. So essentially you both had your traumas and you bonded in a really, really deep, deep soulful way over that bond, which is something that is hard to do is to really connect to people in a deep way. And, um, and I can definitely see how that happens, but it's not something that can sustain your relationship. Not at all. I mean, uh, basically uh, we both uh, have very uh, difficult mothers and our fathers Mm -hmm. were both somewhat out of the picture. And, and actually last year I found out that the guy that I thought was my biological father was not. So, so that's been kind of an adventure on my end as well. So, and 
we had both struggled with uh, self-esteem and self issues in the past. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I used, uh, you know, there's, I've had a lot to overcome. I used to weigh over 300 pounds. I'm less than 200 now and been that way for years and stuff. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. struggled with self-esteem issues that I don't now. And, and she kind of went through some similar issues. And so, mm -hmm. you know, those are some of the things that we bonded on. But like I said, at the end of the day, we just uh, had very different lifestyles. Yeah. And then after, after we divorced, I had made the mistake of just trying to put myself right out there. And three and a half months after I separated, not divorced, separated, I met oh. the woman that would become my third wife. Oh no. And <laughs> that was, a, that was the worst marriage of the three, actually. Um, we, uh, what had happened, I also introduced, uh, we introduced our kids too early. Our mm. kids bonded. Ah. And I was pulled in by the idea of family, instant uh, family, instant family. And so, I mean, our relationship was never really what you would call good. It, uh, we broke up three times uh, over a span of uh, four years before we finally decided to get married. And three and a half months after I got married, I kind of figured out she was still in love with her ex-husband. Mm. So... Uh, with that, that ended that marriage very quickly after three and a half months. Once okay, I okay, he was coming around when I wasn't there. So mm, okay, um, sorry that happened. Uh, well, we, so we let's learn and no regrets. So let's <laughs> go to that. It. Yeah, let's go to that topic for a moment. Dating while separated. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a good idea? I think it can be. If you are ready, but make sure you're ready first. I mean, there's people that's been separated. I mean, one thing that, especially here in the Carolinas, both North and South Carolina, make you wait a full year. And then sometimes mm -hmm. even after that, you've got a long wait. It really depends, I think, on the situation with that. I do know having your first date seven days after you separate and then mm -hmm. having your first relationship three and a half months after mm -hmm. you separate is probably not the best idea in the world. So, yeah. Um, when I get people online dating, Thomas, I always just say, don't date the separated people. Yeah. And that's one thing I, I learned too. And uh, in the dating too, is not to, uh, not to do that just because everything's raw. I mean, you might have the most outstanding standing date in the world. And then mm -hmm. after the date's over, you call them back. It's like, you had this wonderful date and mm -hmm. you're ghosted. Yeah. I've had that happen actually numerous times. Sure. To me, so yeah, it so, happens all the time. And then you feel even worse, you know, here, a marriage that didn't work out for whatever reasons, even obviously, even if they're not your own, and then you're dating and you're feeling rejected there, you need to heal. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, I think that um, when people are in transition, that's kind of what they're going to attract in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've had clients in the past who have said, you know, I'm, I'm okay with someone who's divorced, but can you please make sure they've been divorced for, you know, three to five years before I meet them? I don't know necessarily if that is the answer, mm -hmm. but I do know that once people get divorced and they have different relationships and start dating, they realize more and more and more about themselves that they didn't realize when they were in the marriage, they become kind of a different person. They evolve. And this same thing goes with, I'm working uh, with a woman right now who is a widow and she's had to, you know, 
mourn the loss of her late husband and now kind of reinvent herself and become good with who she is before she was ready to jump back into the dating pool and even now realizing things about the kind of guys that she's going for now are they good for her aren't they good for her and why and why not so it's such a self-discovery and when you're still at this very in-between stage especially if you're dealing with attorneys and lots of hurt feelings child custody all that kind of stuff is that really the best time to be starting a new relationship? It's like, you don't want to be talking to your new lover about all these problems you're having with the attorney because you want to look light and happy and having fun when there's all this heavy drama that could be going on behind the scenes. So it's very awkward. Right. I mean, for people in that situation, and I look back on my own situation, my best advice is find good friendships. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing you could find is, and yep. during that time, I found some wonderful friendships, you know, some that I'm people that I'm still close with today that, uh, that have been there uh, for me through thick and thin. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing you need to do. Yes, it's good for you to get out, but getting out doesn't mean you have to date. I mean, yeah, dating can lead to a social life, but it's, it's better to have a social life that's just a social life and not centered around just dating. I mean, that's one thing that I fell into too, is with the dating sites too, is I kind of used it at some point in time for my social life. I want, I want to go out tonight. So Mm. let's let's find a date, somebody I can go out with. Interesting. Okay. So even if it was somebody who you were like, "Mm, not really sure if she's somebody I would date for a long-term relationship this could just be a fun night out meet somebody new you never know and and i mean and that's and yeah and it's not just about a physical thing and anything else Mm -hmm. uh you know it's not i'm not just trying to like get in some woman's pants or something sure sometimes it's nice just to have somebody to go dinner to dinner with or go companionship things Uh like that but and yes that's the thing that you can do with friends so you don't have to have a date to do those things that's right and you can do those things by yourself too Absolutely. You can do those things by yourself. I think it is scary for -hmm. people to go out and have dinner by themselves or go to a movie by themselves, but it's really like dating yourself. Yeah. And why not? Um, I I have friends that do that all the time. They go out and they hang out and they'll meet people. They'll become a regular at a restaurant, um, become friends with the bartenders and just it, you know, it's just a, you know, it's like cheers, you know, where everybody knows your name. Right. (laughs) That being said, I don't know if a bar fly is really, you know, necessarily what, who you want to be dating, but, um, but I think it is important to get out and create community for yourself. However it is, there's tons of meetup groups, people go hiking, you know, sometimes when I'm talking to people with the coaching programs we were talking about earlier, I'll, I'll suggest, you know, get, go on two meetups this week, go hiking. Maybe there's a dinner club, maybe there's a book club, something where you start seeing the same people over and over again. You create that foundation of friendship and it could evolve into, you know, a relationship of um, romantic partner, or could be a friend, meet somebody, you know, of the same sex that could be a nice friend, opposite sex, Mm -hmm. nice friend, you never know. And then the more friendships you have and the more community you feel, I think that checks off a lot of boxes. And number one, it makes you more attracted to other people that A, you've got this whole community of people. Mm-hmm. And number two, um, you don't, you're not feeling desperate and accepting anyone into your life that may not be 
a good person for you, but since they're paying you attention, you don't have anything else going on, you're feeling very lonely, you might bring them into your life and they're really not the best person, right? Yes. And then, yes. yeah. And then number three, you know, if you start getting really used to getting out and doing things, you know, number one, you'll be more interesting on dates because you'll have stuff to talk about, like, oh, I do this and I do that. And have you gone there? And the, and the other thing. And then also, you know, you, it's a, you know, it's a, it, it's a mood booster. Um, so, you know, you get outside of your pain, you, your uh, mood is elevated and, you know, uh, high, higher likelihood of attracting somebody in because that energy, right. that exciting energy is something people really want to be around. Well, yeah, because your life, your life is filled with the activities that are your own, your life's, you're not looking for someone else to try to fill a hole or a void in your life. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's cool to be around people that do lots of things and have friends and, and they're, they're just elevated energetically. So I love that. Um, anything else that you think would be important for folks to know about, um, maybe the coaching that you and I did together, or maybe just something that you've learned more recently? Well, I think, I think with the coaching, you gave me some good resources to actually, uh, read. There was, uh, you had her on as a guest earlier, the author of uh, text, uh, Texting and Thumbs. Mm -hmm. I read Mimi, that book and then uh, Mimi went back and Oh, yes, yes. Uh-huh. And went back and I reread uh, Attached to kind of uh, figure out my attachment style. When I, when I was younger, my attachment style certainly would have been anxious. But mm -hmm. at this point in my life, my attachment, I, you know, I lean... I rate it in the secure, but I lean more towards avoidant than secure than mm. I do anxious even. Mm -hmm. So... So thanks. So sometimes it's good to go back and reevaluate some of that, um, some of that stuff. And then, and then also some advice you had told me that you'd mentioned earlier that you tell some of your clients too, is, you know, try to date somebody that's a little different. And, and I did, I reached out to actually one of my friends that uh, I knew for a few years. I always thought she was an attractive lady. And you know, we went out, a, we went out a few times and I just realized that she and I, you know, we had some just, different value nice one of the nicest people you ever meet and mm -hmm. we just had some different values and, and stuff and I just kind of realized that this is just better as a friendship and that's okay Perfect. so so but you took a risk but I'm I took a, of I you took a risk and I stepped out of my comfort zone and it, yeah. it was a good thing and and also another thing that I learned uh, another friend of mine that I had had a crush on for a long time I'd realized that my crush was completely physical and mm. and I did not even when I, you know, went out with, went out with her a couple of times, realized that I, my attraction was only physical. I was very, I was actually open about it and she was actually okay with that, but I did not go there. So, and I yeah. would have in the past and I'm glad I didn't because Good. that's not, uh, so I really learned, you know, to take a step back and evaluate things and take things slower. And in my current relationship, I took things slower and you know, that's the good thing is we're, we're taking the time to get to know each other to see if this is something that's going to work out in the end. So that's yeah. a great thing. Wonderful. Thomas, do you have a favorite charity? I like to put uh, it in yes. the show notes. Uh, yes, it's uh, uh, back home where I'm from in uh, Louisville. They have uh, in the Kentuckiana area, they have a uh, a group called Crusade for Children. It's uh, sponsored by one of the local TV stations there. It uh, donates a lot of uh, I grew up uh, uh, working uh, working with them quite a bit, and so even though it's not a Carolinas-based uh, 
thing. It helps okay. everybody out anyway, because they work with United Way and a lot of local uh, chains like that. Uh, they also work with uh, like St. Jude's, uh, places like that. So, so WHAS Crusade for Children in Louisville, Kentucky. Awesome. We will put that in the show notes. Well, Thomas, you have been amazing. I'm so glad that we took the time to talk this through um, and you're headed in the wonderful direction. I'm looking forward to hearing more from you as, as the days go on. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.